Hello, 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 good afternoon. And thank you for tuning in to hear chapter three of five run away together. Well, now, chapter three sounds a bit not good because it's called a nasty shock. Doesn't sound good at all, does it? Well, let's find out what a nasty shock is. Chapter 3. George's boat was almost ready, but not quite. It was having a last coat of paint on it. It looked very nice, for George had chosen a bright red paint, and the oars were painted red too. Oh, can't we possibly have it this afternoon, said George to Jim the boatman. He shook his head. No, Master George, he said, not unless you all want to be messed up with red paint. It'll be dry tomorrow, but not before. It always made the others smile to hear the boatman and fisherman called Georgina Master George. The local people all knew how badly she wanted to be a boy, and they knew too how plucky and straightforward she was. So they laughed at one another and said, well, they reckoned she behaved like a boy. If she wanted to be called Master George instead of Miss Georgina, she deserved it. So Georgina was Master George and enjoyed strutting about in her jeans and jersey on the beach, using her boat as well as any fisher boy, and swimming faster than them all. We'll go to the island tomorrow then, said Julian. We'll just picnic on the beach today, then we'll go for a walk. So they picnicked on the sands with Timothy, sharing more than half their lunch. The sandwiches were not very nice. The bread was too stale, there was not enough butter inside and they were far too thick. But Timothy didn't mind. He gobbled up as many as he could, his tail wagging so hard that it sent sand over everyone. Timothy, do take your tail out of the sand if you want to wag it, said Julian, getting sand all over his hair for the fourth time. Timmy wagged his tail again and sent another shower over him. Everyone laughed. Oh, let's go for a walk now, said Dick, jumping up. My legs could do with some good exercise. Where shall we go? We'll walk along the cliff top where we can see the island all the time, shall we? Said Anne. George, is the old wreck still there? George nodded. The children had once had a most exciting time with an old wreck that had lain at the bottom of the sea. A great storm had lifted it up and set it firmly on the rocks. They had then been able to explore the wreck and had found a map of the castle in it with instructions as to where hidden treasure was to be found. Oh, do you remember how we found that old map in the wreck and how we looked for the ingots of gold and found them, said Julian his eyes gleaming as he remembered it all. Isn't the wreck battered to pieces yet, George? No, said George, I don't think so. It's on the rocks on the other side of the island, you remember, so we can't see it from here. But we might have a look at it when we go on the island tomorrow. Oh, yes, let's, said Anne. Poor old wreck, I guess it won't last many winters now. They walked along the cliff top with Timothy capering ahead of them. 
they could see the island easily and the ruined castle rising up from the middle. There's the jackdaw tower, said Anne, looking. The other tower's fallen down, hasn't it? Look at the jackdaws circling around and around the tower, George. Yes, they build in it every year, said George. Don't you remember the masses of sticks around about the tower that the jackdaws dropped when they built their nests? <clears throat> we picked some up and made a fire with them once. Oh, I'd like to do that again, said Anne. I really would. Let's do it each night if we stay a week, a week on the island. George, did you ask your mother? Oh, yes, said George. She said she thought we might, but she would see. Oh, I don't like it when grown-ups say they'll see, said Anne. It so often means they won't let you do something after all, but they don't like to tell you at the time. Well, I expect she will let us, said George. After all, we're much older than last year. Why, Julian is in his teens already, and I shall soon be, and so will Dick. Only Anne is small. I'm not, said Anne indignantly. I'm as strong as you are. I can't help being younger. Hush, hush, baby, said Julian, patting his little sister on the back and laughing at her furious face. <laughs> Hello, look, what's that over there on the island? He had caught sight of something as he was teasing Anne. Everyone swung round and gazed at Kiran. George gave an exclamation. Golly, a spire of smoke. Surely it's smoke. Someone's on my island. On our island, corrected Dick. It can't be. That smoke must come from a, a steamer out beyond the island. We can't see it, that's all, but I bet the smoke comes from a steamer. We know no one can get to the island but us. They don't know the way. If anyone's on my island, began George, looking very fierce and angry. If anyone's on my island, I'll... 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 You'll explode and go up in smoke, said Dick. There, it's gone now. I'm sure it was only a steamer letting off steam or smoking hard or whatever they do. They watched Kiran Island for some time after that, but they could see no more smoke. If only my boat was ready, said George restlessly. I'd go over this afternoon. I've a good mind to go and get my boat, even if the paint is wet. Oh, don't be an idiot, said Julian. You know what an awful row we'd get into if we go home with all our things bright red. Have a bit of sense, George. George gave up the idea. She watched for a steamer to appear at one side of the island or another to come into the bay, but none came. Oh, it's probably anchored out there, said Dick. Come on, we're going to stand rooted to this spot for the rest of the day. Oh, we better get home, said Julian, looking at his wristwatch. It's almost tea time. Oh, I hope your mother is up, George. It's much nicer when she's at meals. Oh, I expect she will be, said George. Come on then, let's go back. They turned to go back. They watched Kiran Island as they walked. But all they could see were jackdaws or gulls in the sky above it. No more spires of smoke appeared. It must have been a steamer. 
All the same, I'm going over tomorrow to have a look, said George firmly. If any day-trippers are visiting my island, I'll turn them off. Our island, said Dick. George, I wish you'd remember you said you'd share it with us. Well, I did share it out with you, said George, but I can't help feeling it's still my island. Come on, I'm getting hungry. They came back at last to Kieran Cottage. They went into the hall and then into the sitting room. To their great surprise, Edgar was there, reading one of Julian's books. What are you doing here, said Julian, and who told you you could borrow my book? I'm not doing any harm, said Edgar, if I want to have a quiet read. Why shouldn't I? You wait till my father comes in and finds you lolling about here, said George. My goodness, if you've gone into his study, you'd have been sorry. I've been in there, said Edgar surprisingly. I've seen those funny instruments he's working with you with. How dare you, said George, going white with rage. Why, even we are not allowed to go into my father's study. As for touching his things, well... Julian eyed Edgar curiously. He could not imagine why the boy should suddenly be so insolent. Where's your father, George, he said. I think we'd better get him to deal with Edgar. He must be mad. Call him if you like, said Edgar, still lolling in the chair and flicking over the pages of Julian's book in a most irritating way. He won't come. What do you mean, said George, feeling suddenly scared. Where's my mother? Call her too, if you like, said the boy, looking sly. Go on call her. The children suddenly felt afraid. What did Edgar mean? George flew upstairs to her mother's room, shouting loudly, Mother, mother, where are you? But her mother's bed was empty. It had not been made, but it was empty. George flew into all the other bedrooms, shouting desperately, Mother, mother, father, where are you? But there was no answer. George ran downstairs, her face very white. <clears throat> Edgar grinned up at her. What did I tell you, he said. I said you could call all you liked, but they wouldn't come. Where are they, demanded George. Tell me at once. Find out yourself, said Edgar. There was a resounding slap and Edgar leapt to his feet, holding his left cheek with his hand. George had flown at him and dealt him the hardest smack he, she could. Edgar lifted his hand to slap her back, but Julian stood in front. You're not fighting, George, he said. She's a girl. 
If you want to fight, I'll take you on. I won't be a girl, I'm a boy, shouted George, trying to push Julian away. I'll fight Edgar and I'll beat him. You see if I don't. But Julian kept her off. Edgar began to edge towards the doorway, but he found Dick there. One minute, said Dick. Before you go, where are our uncle and aunt? suddenly said Timothy in such a threatening voice that Edgar stared at him in fright. The dog had bared his great teeth and had put up the hackles on his neck. He looked very frightening. Hold that dog, said Edgar, his voice trembling. He looks as though he's about to spring at me. Julian put his hand on Tim's collar. Quiet, Tim, he said. Now, Edgar, tell us what we want to know and tell us quickly or you'll be sorry. Well, there isn't much to tell, said Edgar, keeping his eye on Timothy. He shot a look at George and went on. Your mother was suddenly taken very ill with a terrible pain here and they got the doctor and they've taken her away to hospital and your father went with her. That's all. George sat down on the sofa, looking paler still and rather sick. Oh, she said, poor mother, I wish I hadn't gone out today. Oh dear, how can we find out what's happened? Edgar had slipped out of the room, shutting the door behind him so that Timmy could not follow. The kitchen door was slammed too. Oh. The children stared at one another, feeling sorry and dismayed. Poor George, but poor Aunt Fanny. There must be a note somewhere, said Julian, and looked around the room. He saw a letter stuck into the rim of the big mirror there, addressed to George. He gave it to her. It was from George's father. Read it quickly, said Anne. Oh dear, this is really a horrid beginning to our holidays. (sighs) tomorrow we'll find out what the letter said and what is wrong with Aunt Fanny. Oh, not good. Well, that is the end of today's chapter. So come back tomorrow and find out more. Okay? Excuse me. Um, Until then... Make sure you have a wonderful, 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 wonderful Easter Sunday. And make sure you take care and stay safe. (laughs) And I'll see you all again tomorrow. Bye for now.